I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And hey, guys, it's Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts today with Young Adults Today podcast, where we're talking about mm-hmm. reaching the next generation in our world today. And we are joined by our friend, Katie Rasmussen. Hey, Katie, how are you? Doing so great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. We are so glad that you had said yes to this podcast. And we just want to welcome you to the show. And if you are a new listener, we want to welcome you to the show as well, where you can join us every single Monday when we kick off a new episode with somebody that's fun, something exciting, somebody in a form of ministry, maybe authorship, or just influencing the next generation. So re- rate, review, subscribe, listen in, tune into not only what we're talking about, but what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, what your leadership teams are learning, as well as what are you learning in your alone time and in your leadership that God has appointed you to. So we are so grateful that you are tuning in, as well as, Katie, we are so glad that you are able to join us today. Awesome. It's amazing. (laughs) And Katie, by the way, is on staff at River Valley Church as one of the pastors at the city campus as well is she's the leader for River Valley Young Adults. And what we wanted to do, Katie, is to talk in just a few minutes about, you know, taking over an existing young adult ministry mm-hmm. because throughout the great shift and the great, um, yeah. the past few years, a lot of churches are starting a new young adult ministry or right. leaders are right. taking over and people sometimes have... Um, maybe change jobs or been asked by their leader to switch roles. And that means that um, young adult ministry, there's a lot of transition happening. But before we get into that, I just thought it'd be fun for us to hear some of your journey and for the listener too, to just hear about your journey of life and ministry and leadership. Totally. Guys, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, if you would have ever told me that this is what I would be doing with my life, I mean, I would be like, there's no way. (laughs) So it's honestly amazing. And of course, now I'm like, this is the best thing I could be doing with my life. And I'm so grateful. But yeah, I had way different plans for what I thought I'd be doing. And, you know, living in Minnesota now, this, this will be six years actually here in about a week. It's like my six year anniversary of moving here, but I'm from Kansas, born and raised and grew up loving Jesus my whole life. So I'm really grateful and blessed. I've had parents who raised me in church and like, I don't even remember when I gave my life to Jesus. It was just like always a thing, which is a testimony in itself. You know, it's like, he's always been there and I've always known him, but you know, going off to college, I went to school for dance and arts management. So that's my degree. I went to Oklahoma City University. And those four years of college were, I always describe them as like the best four years of my life. And also not to be dramatic, but kind of the worst four years of my life. I can kind of laugh about it now, but when it was happening, it was, oh, it was, I had a lot of lows and a lot of it I mean, a lot of it, it all had to do with the culture and the expectations put on us in the dance school. You know, I was weighed, like my body was physically weighed on a scale a couple of times out of a semester. And that just 
started me on a path of really unhealthy thinking and just a way of life in the way that I viewed my body and viewed myself and even just my worth in general. But I mean, all along the way, it's like, I can look back and just see God's faithfulness and bringing people into my life. You know, I attended incredible churches that really deepened my understanding of who the Holy spirit is and what his role is in my life. And so you know, ups and downs of those four years for sure. But always, I mean, the constant thing in my life was Jesus and knowing the word, but not necessarily knowing how to like walk in the promises of God, like Mm -hmm. believing a lie, thinking a thought, but not knowing necessarily how to realize, realize it, refute it, and then replace it, which is now like, you know, something that we're able to teach people at our church about those lies that come at you. But, you know, so I graduated in 2016 and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Like I just felt so uh, just frustrated and kind of broken. Like I had all these dreams of performing and auditioning and maybe moving to New York or LA And I just faced so much rejection and disappointment in college because of, you know, people actually verbally telling me to my face that the only thing holding me back was my weight. You know, it was like, okay, what am I, you know, this was my plan. So now what do I do? You know, but, you know, I have family up in the Twin Cities area. And it was after I graduated, my cousin texted me kind of joking. She was like, you graduated, you're moving to the twin cities. Right. And I was like, why would I do that? You know, but I don't know what it was about her text. It just sparked something in me to just look up internships in the twin cities. Cause I know like the theater and arts culture here is great. It's, you know, not to the level of New York or LA, but it's kind of like Chicago twin cities, you know? Um, and so found one and just decided to apply and was like I got nothing left to lose I'll either stay home this summer and teach in my home studio and be in Kansas forever or have an adventure this summer and just let the Lord lead you know so that process of interviewing for that internship was the only yes that I received like after auditioning for a lot of different roles and other internships even like elsewhere post-grad and so it was just so clear it was like why not I got nothing to lose you know so yeah June of 2016 I moved up to Minneapolis to intern at Children's Theater Company and lived with my aunt and uncle in Apple Valley so they were gracious enough to let me live in their home the summer but their home church was River Valley and I had seen it from afar kind of growing up my cousins being a part of youth and the music and I like actually listened to River Valley worship music in college before even attending mm-hmm. the church which is such a cool like full circle moment now just like being ministered to by a place that I now get to minister to other people you know it's it's a really cool thing but yeah, started attending the downtown location of our campus, of our church. And like you guys, I can't even begin to tell you just how transformative community was for me in that season of my life. Like 
having people who are so like-minded, but also saw things in me that I had forgotten about or didn't even see in myself anymore to call those things out and start to cultivate those things in me again was truly life altering, changing. Obviously Jesus is the ultimate, like going to change your life. But through that God given community, things started to change in my life. And I started serving on Sundays and like Sundays was the best day of the week. I was like, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to be in the presence of God. Like start small groups, like the whole thing and was just in. And so the end of my internship, my mom came and visited me and without even me even asking, she had come on a Sunday with me and met all my new friends who were like my pat, like these were my people after like three months of being here. And we were, I remember we were driving, we were kind of, I remember the exact highway we were on and she just looked at me and was like, like, why, why would you leave? Like you, you gotta stay here, you know? And to have that, it's like that weird time of life where you're like, I just graduated college and it was like, I love my parents. I don't need their like approval. I mean, I want their approval, but they're not like telling me what I can and can't really do anymore. So to have her blessing and just seeing like God's doing something in you here, like stay like nine hours away from her, you know, a nine hour drive was like the green light that my soul needed almost. Cause I was feeling it and I was like, but I have no idea what I'm going to do, you know? So I just took the leap and was like, I'm going to move somewhere, you know, moved into a uh, duplex with some girls from church and worked a lot of random jobs, but you know, that ended me. I just was consistently serving, loving the church. And God was really awakening things in me again and new things that I had never really realized that were in me before and was able to discover those things by serving and just being in community. So that really kind of started my shift of trajectory, I would say, of what I thought I was going to be doing versus what I'm doing now. So that's so good. Well, it's amazing to see like how God reworks the path that we've created for ourselves in order to get us back on the path that he's designed us to live on. And so thank you for sharing your story. I don't know if you had to say something, Josiah, or wanted to. No, I think the other interesting piece though, is how those four years you described of college really in Oklahoma city, highs and lows and what a way to describe the season of you know going to a college or university or just see the young adult experience as a whole there's a lot of highs yeah there's a lot of lows and you felt those and now you get to minister in yeah. the thick of those and that's that's kind of another full circle moment it's it's a, totally it's really it's a place that mike and i we want to park mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the intersection oh. of high school to college college to young adults and these transitions right yeah. we want to see people lost in the gap we just believe that we're designed and alive to thrive mm-hmm. yeah. and um what a great season of life to, to discover your purpose yeah yeah and and we know that in the intro that we had so that you've overtaken or taken over a ministry that you were a part of right you were serving with the young adults there and you were attending and i and yeah. i know you can fill in the gaps because it's your story but yeah. i would really love to lean in so many of our listeners they're taking over an existing ministry they're starting yeah. one and they're trying to strengthen one that maybe they've yeah. taken over so if you could just kind of lean into this next segment of like sure. 
wow, so many of the listeners are taking over or they're in transition, leaving something behind, right? So like there's this ebb and flow mm-hmm. of leadership that's always taking place ac- across the grid. And a part of your story is taking over leadership from an existing and established young adult ministry, which I was um, a part of their very first event back in, was it 2012 Amazing. or 2013, yeah. 2012? Yeah. So and, 10 years ago. And that was the first time Micah and I were ever in the same room uh But we didn't meet that night. Right. We were talking, actually, one of our first guests on this podcast three, four years ago was Kirk Graham. And oh, yeah. And we put it together <laughs> talking with Kirk, like, oh, you were there? Wow. Like, yeah. We were in that same room. Yeah. Just didn't, it wasn't that That's night. That's beautiful. We were, no. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy to see, like, the impact that the church that you are currently at has had on people across the United States, across borders, across, you know, different ages and stages and gaps in our stories and our life and everything. And we know that you, when you took over, it was like in the midst of the beginning of the pandemic, right? Like that was 2020, the pandemic Uh, happened, you were reshaped by that. And a lot of our listeners find themselves in a similar scenario, um, taking over an existing ministry. Can you share about like, what an adventure was that for you, for the team that you were leading? Maybe trying to like understand like, okay, there's grass growing and this has been organic from somebody else's leadership. Yeah. But I'm coming in, be a whole different leader, a female leader. I think you were the first right. female to kind of take mm-hmm. over this form of ministry. Can you just yeah. go there for the listener today? And what, what yeah. did that look like adventure-wise for you? Sure. Uh, definitely an adventure. That's a great word for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I had been on staff. Let's see. I got hired October of 2018. So it was just over two years of me being on staff. And what's so funny about the timeline of all of this is I, yeah, in 2020, you know, we all know what happened (laughs) globally, but for Katie's world, it was, I'm seriously dating this man that I love. We're talking about getting married. We get engaged in August of that year. Then that October. So two years of me being on staff, I get asked to step into the associate campus pastor role at our campus, which wow, like such a amazing God thing. And I was so thrilled to step into that. A month later, I get reached out to from pastor Terry Parkman and pastor Logan Ketterling, like, Hey, we want to talk to you about 20 plus is what it was called at the time. And I was like, huh, weird. What are they going to talk about? (laughs) And I walk into their office and he's like, so, uh, we would love for you to start leading this thing. I was like, you guys, do you realize I just got another job? (laughs) (laughs) My email has not even changed yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're still waiting on that one guys, but it was the wildest, coolest thing. Like, um, so yeah took like a week or so to pray about it and felt a lot of peace and knew it was going to be, I mean, a wild thing to undertake, but Brett and I felt good about it. So then we got married and then (laughs) it became like official. Yeah. December, January, December, 2020, kind of January, 2021. And so, yeah, the world was still in heavily the thick of pandemic. And one of the first things you guys that 
I just felt so strongly about. It was just like, I mean, the foundation of what we were doing had to be rooted in prayer. Like it was, I mean, it's something I'd never thought I would step into leading a ministry of that, you know, magnitude, but it was like, I cannot do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Like Katie Brasson alone, like I need the Holy Spirit because <laughs> I don't know everything I'm doing. Okay. So I need help. Um, but I'm really thankful looking back, Pastor Logan really set me up well when it came to the team. And I know that's not everyone's experience, right? Is there maybe even just building like where's my team? Like, where are the people I'm going to do this with? And so, you know, I would say if that's people's position, because I kind of find myself in a place right now, actually rebuilding a little bit of some of our team. And again, it all goes back to prayer, honestly, like praying for the right people to have a burden, like an unshakable burden for young adults. Like, I'm not just going to randomly, and I've done like, and you guys can probably agree with this. Like when you're in a pinch, you're like, I just need some, I just need some people like you, 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 you. And then you start doing it and you're like, ah, this it's not clicking or like it, it would serve its purpose for a time. But having those people who's like, know that they know that they know that this is what they want to do. Like, or just their burden for young adults is there. So, you know, that has been a prayer, uh, in this season, as we've been kind of rebuilding and God's bringing people, but yeah, back in when I first started leading, thankfully pastor Logan was like, Hey, like stay on for six months and then you can kind of reevaluate. So my former leader was very helpful (laughs) in that. And so, you know, that was really great, but even continuing, you know, kind of talking about just even like vision and direction of the ministry and you know, there is a temptation to compare, you know, for sure. Even like, well, I don't even communicate like Pastor Logan really, or, you know, the things that fire me up and burden my heart when it comes to young adults may not be the same. Is that okay? Like, Mm -hmm. and so I had to quickly like kill that comparison and just remind myself that God I did not ask for this. <laughs> God opened up the door. Yeah. And so I can trust that he's going to give me the vision and the people to accomplish this. Mm-hmm. So my main priority is to be in relationship and communion with him so that I'm able to walk that out. And so, yeah, I mean, you guys, I would say like, February of 2021 was our first big gathering. And that was one of the first times I preached and communicated in that kind of capacity. And I I mean, I was horrified. I was so scared. (laughs) I had before, but it just felt like so, I don't know. It was different, but God, like, wow, really really moved that night. And of course it wasn't me, it was him, but you know, my going into 2021, right. Just thinking of how many young adults were lonely, isolated, like just broken, depressed, like the two things that always kept ringing in my head was just 
I want to create space for people to make people connections, but to literally encounter Jesus, like mm-hmm. the presence of God. We're going to do things in an excellent way. We're going to have fun things for people to do, but that's not what the driving force of these gatherings is going to be like, cool. If we do giveaways, cool. if Whatever. I just felt a burden of like, we got to get back to what this is about. And so, yeah, I would just say like that, yeah, that killing the comparison and like, you know, and it, it, it wanted to like rise up even a couple months in and having the conviction and reminder, like if you even got to like write it in your journal and it's like an, a, a proclamation every day, you're like, God has called me. I'm called to do this. You know, that having that conviction and that faith, like is just essential. And that doesn't mean that it's perfect every day, you know, like that's why you have community around you to remind you of that. But, and then just, I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent now probably, but I just, you know, we talk about what does a successful ministry look like a lot? You know, of course, numbers are important. That informs what's happening, what, or maybe even weak spots or areas of growth. But you know, for me, I kind of, I just want to answer that by like, am I being obedient to what the Holy Spirit has asked me to do? And if I am, then I would say that that is successful, you know? Yeah. How we define success as leaders right. is really key to just identify like, okay, what is the bullseye? Like, what's the yeah. target we're aiming yep. at? Yeah. I just ran across this Olympic story mm. of a United States uh, Olympian marksman. He competed in the Olympics, mm. Olympics four times. So 16 years straight regarded as like one of the greatest mm. Olympic rifle marksmen of all time. Of course, made it to the Olympics. Yeah. And, and then to go 16 years mm. in a row, that says something. And in 2004, he did the three target 50 yard and and he went for it and he got bullseye like center within even the smallest bullseye wow then goes to the second target 50 yards away boom bullseye he gets to the third target at this point at his mm-hmm. level what experts say is if he just hit the paper which for him is easy i think for me it might have been a little harder <laughs> at 50 yards but he if he just hits the paper he pretty much wins mm-hmm. and gets a gold that's how favored he was to win wow and he gets a bullseye on the wrong target. <gasps> and it's just wild. It's actually a phenomenon called cross-firing. And I mean, I wow. am blaming him at all. Right. Because here's the deal. I couldn't do what he did. My heart races, yeah. time, yeah. you know, like athletic endeavors. But I just look at like sometimes mm-hmm. his eyes got just one target over. Mm-hmm. And to your point about comparison, defining what is success, because yeah. I would argue success does not equal a full room and an mm-hmm. empty room does not equal mm-hmm. failure. That's so, so good. I just think that how we define success is really important. And then I'll just speak transparently to two of the things that you discussed that Mm -hmm. I think really will help us build a bullseye or build a target. Yeah. First is dependence on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And it's great when it was great for me when I started out 
2012, 2013. Man, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you, yeah. then I got a couple events in, a few years in, and wow. there's this tendency of drift, mission drift to go like, what am I going to do? What is our team wow. going to do? Right. And so to have that come to Jesus moment, Lord, I depend on you. Help me depend on you like I did when I was 18, like when I was mm -hmm. 22. Mm -hmm. And uh, he will do that. He's been doing that in my life. God, right now, would you speak to me like you did when I was 18 and yes. you called me to ministry? Yeah. And I think then the other thing, Katie, is just like in, in addition to like, defining what is success as obedience yeah. and defining um like i'm, I'm going to depend on the holy spirit i think that it's it's so good to to give ministry away to build teams mm -hmm. to do what you're just yeah. build on what's maybe been established yep yep a season right. and like i'm going to assimilate to the culture i'm going to let the totally yes to me and then we're going to as a team mm -hmm. pray and fast yeah. and reimagine like okay what is this ministry yeah. gonna look like and i'd be curious talking about those two things from your mm -hmm. experience how did you guys you as the leader and then the team yeah. around you how yeah. did you navigate building on what was established and at yeah. the same time reimagining what could young adult ministry yeah. at river valley church look like keeping pastor rob's vision at the center but yeah. how can we reimagine That's like good. it's a new world yeah how can we maybe try some new experiments yeah great questions so yeah stepping into it you know for sure felt that you know i'm not going to just come in here and like blow it all up because what's happening is incredible and the model and the i would even say just like the flow of the year felt great Pastor Logan had set really great seasonal, large gatherings because we're multi-site church. So, you know, having a space for all campuses to join together and kind of viewing the year 2021 as like, those are happening and those are going to continue to be our anchor gatherings. Like I, that, that is successful and that is a great space for us. So that was, I felt a hundred percent great of just, we're going to run the play there, like continue to run the play in that way. Mm -hmm. But in my first initial meetings with pastor Terry Parkman, who's over all of our next gen ministries, you know, how do he just really encouraged me like Katie, if there are things that like you are a new leader, so God may speak to you new things. Like, give something a whirl. Like, and if it doesn't work, that's okay. Like you got to try things, you know? So, you know, we had our first large gathering. I preached. It was a blast. People got connected. It was amazing. And then we tried something new and had a solely like a women's gathering and then a men's gathering on two different Saturdays. And that was a really cool thing to experience and see and plan with the team and uh, see it come to fruition. And the, and the connections that came out of that were amazing. And, you know, then just this thought of, okay, you know, wanting to just to have, because of like I was sharing earlier, just creating space and we 
on our next gen team kind of coined the term like creating a kingdom space like mm. how can we create kingdom spaces for our people to experience the presence of god lean into the gifts like discover their gifts operate in their gifts solely having a worship experience not even like no one's going to be preaching like it you, you come expectant or ready to meet with god and so that was a worship night that we had like so the women's and men's gathering uh we call dna kind of getting into like who we are as men and women and then the worship nights were oasis is what we called oasis and they were phenomenal and i learned a lot in this and i'm i um what's so funny is as this we were doing these like new things branding them like the DNA oasis, these things, this is happening over here. And on the other side, I'm like, okay, Lord, 20 plus is the name of this ministry. When people ask me what that is, I have to explain that it's the young adult ministry of river Valley. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm now kind of creating those conversations for these like one-off events that we're doing. Like what's DNA? What's oasis? Oh, it's a worship night for young adults. You know, so I kind of started doing this like backwards work of like, what am I trying to say? Like I was just making it more complicated for our team and for our church to understand what we were trying to do. Because while we were creating these new events, I was praying through and considering like, do we change the name of this ministry? Mm -hmm. And because like our age range for young adults at River Valley is 18 to 31, so having a, a young adult ministry called 20 plus, I mean, it's sick. It's a sick name, <laughs> but I know, I knew there were some older twenties who were like, I don't know if I belong there. Like, I don't know if that's my space. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of conversations, I haven't talked to pastor Logan about it and he had been considering it like when he was leading the ministry as well. And so just felt the go ahead and that changed in June. So it had been about six months of me leading the ministry kind of like that lead up and build up um and then with the other events it was like yeah why are we doing this let's just call it like if we're gonna have a worship night it's gonna be a young adults worship night, you know so just again it's like you try things and you don't beat yourself up if they didn't go how you went like if there's one person that heard from the lord that night then it was worth it you know like if your heart was pure in the intention of Hey, I feel kind of just stirring to try something like, cause you know, if we're all just sitting here, not taking steps of faith, like nothing is going to happen, you know, but if we do just, I don't know, I feel this inkling. I feel this nudge from the Holy spirit. Like, let's give it a whirl. Like who knows what God could do with That's right. people who have hearts like that, that are just like, we're going to just try stuff and it could get a little chaotic. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, we have leaders who can speak into us and incredible teams to be real and realistic. Like, Hey, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we won't do that again, <laughs> but yeah, I just had the freedom, thankfully for my leaders to just like continue what had been established in terms of gatherings and campus communities, like small groups, things, but then also, Hey, you're the leader, like try some stuff out, try some new stuff. You got our blessing. So I was really grateful for that. 
that blessing is incredible. I think it's freeing as a leader to know <laughs> oh, yeah. we have all the answers. I love what Mark Batterson writes. He says that with his church at National Community Church in Washington, D.C., everything's an experiment. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've experimented. They, they've thought outside the box. They've, you know, rented movie theaters to have campuses in. And it's um, everything's an experiment. And yeah. back to names, just briefly. Uh -oh. Isn't it funny as church leaders, <laughs> the temptation to like, this thing's going to be called merge or like yeah. the youth group names from when I remember the youth group announcement when I grew up at a youth group, it, the name changed once or twice. And they're like, they, they listed like 20 names that they had considered. Oh my <laughs> God. And you're That's like, funny. you know, like the youth group I was a part of is now it's called the church youth, but it was paradigm <laughs> student ministries. No. Yeah. And the element or fusion. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guarantee funny. the listener knows what I'm talking That's about. If funny. they, if they were ever part For of sure. event, had to have a t-shirt and it was hey, called like legacy. 10 years from now, we're going to be laughing at what we're doing now. I so agree. let's just be real. Hey, I <laughs> Right? It's so what true. I think that that was so cool or so fun. <laughs> it's like low-rise jeans. It's like, why did that ever happen and now they're coming back? Grief. Oh, same reason. I don't want that. Coming back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And Katie, I think what sparked my mind in that conversation was something that was said to us, like, if you marry the same person, one of you is unnecessary. And if Whoa. we were all the same leader, Leadership wow. would be unnecessary, right? And wow. the teams that we have, the people that we have, the ministries that we have, every ministry was the same. Oh my gosh, they're all, they just become unnecessary. And it's like yeah. if every day were Christmas, then Christmas wouldn't be special. So even just wow. to kind of just derail that comparison trap or the, those yeah. leadership tactics that maybe we've, we feel like have been downloaded to us from comparison or generations or um just the terminology of influencer it used to be leadership now it's influencer i'm like oh my mm. word like what's next like there's mm -hmm. always some theme going on in an undercurrent in every form of church and ministry and pastoralship and yeah. obviously we want to be in tune with the spirit i love kind of going back to what you initially said like one these things need to be birds in prayer and led by the holy spirit two yeah. i need to be obedient and yeah. I love, I was watching something um, on National Geographic and one of the quotes in there was um, fear, uh, what is it? On the other side of every challenge or in every story, every fear. Oh, I can't remember what it is now. It was in my head. I think you it got was this. something to the effect of like. Will Smith's grandma said, he calls her Gigi. I know yeah, that. I, I think it was something to the effect of, if I remember right. You, Tell me. Like on the other side of our greatest fear is like some of the the greatest joy the biggest things in life or the yeah, greatest break, things to enjoy too. yeah Yo, I, I just googled it oh did you the only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future is this it that's Maybe? not it but you know that's close enough that's <laughs> come close on enough. google that's another <laughs> let me down google oh google uh but i just think about that like there's break fear can like fester in our minds as leaders and bring out so many insecurities or yes. bring out securities in our college mm. days. And you alluded to that even just like, okay, well, I probably wasn't never really concerned about my weight until I had weigh-ins, you know, mm. and the biggest yeah. thing in the way was my weight. And that was part of your story that I'm just yeah. re, you know, just coming back to. And we yeah. all have something right in our young yep. adult yep. years, whether it's yep. um, a fear of speaking, whether it's not having friends, whether it's, 
Yeah. Whatever anxiety or underlying, underlying lie that we've been told and that we've picked up and believe about ourselves. And we know that in those years of young adult ministry, 18 to 31 in your case, like those are pivotal years that okay. set us up oh for the God. next 40 plus years of life from who we think we are to who we think oh. God is, to those encounters, to those experiences. And many of our listeners, whether they're young adults in that age range themselves or just coming out of it as leaders and they're leading yeah. people in that category of 18 to 30, 31. We know that there are pivotal life changes and stages that happen within those 12 to 14 years of life. And uh, I'd just be curious to pick your brain, Katie, like why do you yeah. believe that young adult ministry is so vital and so important? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it does come back to kind of just my personal journey. Like, I mean, though that time of your life is extremely volatile, like it is up and down. And I think too, just, you know, if someone grows up in church and it's like, there's specific kids ministry, there's specific high school ministry, you, you graduate, you're just thrown into the abyss figure it out. You're an adult now. <laughs> You're 18. <laughs> you can, you can drive a car. You're like of legal age, you know, it's literally one day over. It's just like you graduated. Now you're an adult. You're like, okay, 10 hours ago, I was considered underage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, and I've had a, quite a few conversations with other young adult you know, leaders or even just like churches that don't quite necessarily have a specific young adult ministry. And there's young adults in their church that aren't, that are connected, but they don't like, where's my space? I'm not, I don't have like kids yet. I, there's just like that. Where do I fit? Mm -hmm. You know? And of course, that doesn't mean that everyone that is in a young adult ministry has the exact same like pace of life or they're going through the same thing. But I think the thing that unites young adults and why ministry for young adults is so important is the fact that that range of like 10 years is exactly what you said is these these are the years that I'm kind of creating the habits and building the foundation of who I'm going to be and what I'm going to stand on for the rest of my life. That's not to say that, you know, God can't. And obviously we know God meets people when they're 60, when they're 70, but like to declare your love for Jesus, to go all in with Jesus, to then have like decades of your life devoted mm -hmm. to him in obedience and surrendering your entire life to him. Like Goodness. what could he do, you know, in, in decades. And again, you know, there's always a caveat to everything, but God could do amazing things in someone's five years, you know, but it's like how much more time then could those young adults impact the, it's the ripple effect, you know? And so you know, the, the need for community, the need for accountability for young adults, for people that are walking the similar journey is so essential. And to have people who 
will go down into the depths with them, mm-hmm. you know, and say like, I, I've been there. I know what that is like, and you're going to make it out, you know, as opposed to just checking into their screen and just like feeling isolated and alone and saying, no one understands me. Yeah. But having that space and community and ministry answering the questions that people don't want to answer, you know, like helping people understand, like, you're going to have doubts and it's okay. Like you're going to walk through hard stuff, but like that Jesus is their foundation, you know, and having that, that be the secure footing that they need for then the rest of their life, just to build upon that, you know, because in college, whether or not people go to college or not, it's just like, yeah, you're in your first job and you're surrounded by people who are going to happy hours every day. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm supposed to do now is just, just like what happens as an adult, like, all right, I guess, you know, no one's telling me otherwise, like just the opportunities for the enemy to just, and it, it may not even be like a crazy thing, but just little moment after little moment after little moment, it's like, how did I get here? Yeah. How, you know, so kind of a long answer. <laughs> just so good. Really. It is good, Katie. And one of the verses that informs, I think a lot of theology for me is, is in terms of how we view God and how mm-hmm. he views us literally talk about God's eyes mm-hmm. and it's it says that God's eyes are wandering to and fro mm-hmm. looking across the earth for those who have hearts that are fully devoted to him and when you oh, use the words mm-hmm. decades of devotion what could God do with decades of devotion that's what's yeah. at stake right that's yeah adult ministry that's why actually Churches like River Valley Church that are investing in the next generation, that are empowering leaders like you and for you and your husband, Brett, to give your life to Mm -hmm. the next generation and to really park at that intersection of those Mm -hmm. pivotal years. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that for the listener, if you are just becoming familiar with River Valley Church and River Valley Young Adults, they have a network. They have a lot of different, Mm -hmm. just a a kingdom-minded heart, like Katie said and have a heart to really be some of those people as leaders in a volatile demographic to be anchors yeah. of and pillars mm-hmm. of stability. That's the picture that I get of you guys in your church and also like mm-hmm. just a heart for the kingdom to resource other people too. Mm-hmm. And that I think is why maybe mm-hmm. we resonate so deeply that's with right. the mission and vision of your church is just have a heart that's global and have a heart for oh, the mission. Yeah. And we um, honor you today for that so thanks for spending time with us and katie we've come to the part where we've got five minutes left and we want to just go rapid fire throw five minutes on the clock it'll start now and we'll throw question number one at you and you get a minute uh, or less per answer but what's (laughs) something that you're into as a hobby right now maybe we'd find you do it on a a day off with free time Okay, this is maybe not a hobby, but because the weather is so amazing, like morning walks. Yes. Just like walking around the neighborhood, praying or just silent, just, you know, that. But also something else that comes to my mind. 
I love The Office. And I just started listening to The Office Ladies podcast. And it's amazing. They like break down episodes of The Office. So on a weekend, maybe I'm going on a walk listening to The Office Ladies podcast. So cool. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right, question number two. What are you looking forward to in the near future? Oh, this is the easiest, easiest answer for me. I am going to Turkey with my husband, Brett, in two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, we're going on a trip with our church, and it's my favorite place in the world. Yeah. you Like you said, Josiah, like, River, River Valley's heart is global. And so we are going. We're going to go tell some people about Jesus in Turkey. Love it. Amen. We'll be praying. No Thank you. Thank you. We'll find the dates from you and we'll, it'll be on our prayer. Yes. Let's say just praying down. for you, praying for Brett, praying for the Thank team. You. If you, this is the curveball, but it keeps Micah and I engaged on our toes. <laughs> we don't know these ever in advance. So it's like, it's the ask us anything. Ooh, could yeah. Ask us one question. What would you like to know? Oh, okay. What is your favorite thing about doing ministry alongside your spouse? Mm, you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I think of Micah is incredible. I have just watched her heart. I've seen it in a global context and in a local context and then <laughs> up close, the front row vantage seat. And we do have an amazing privilege of doing ministry together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her gifts are so exciting. Um, I mean, the way that she prays is one of her prayers is when I wake up and my feet hit the ground, I want heaven to cheer and hell to shake to know that I'm awake. And if that doesn't, like, let's go. So when Micah is on your team, you're going places like watch out world. And I watch her sometimes do in minutes what would take me or others hours. And then I think the other piece is just I love seeing her preach. I have probably more fun when she's preaching than if I am preaching myself. <laughs> wow, I like yeah. oh, I'd say maybe a last thought is that our gift mix um, is very unique and different. Right. Not necessarily opposite, but she has some of the things and giftings and wirings that are either I'm not good at, I'm not is excited yeah. about and it is sure. fun to watch her thrive to champion her to encourage her uh, to celebrate you and your gifts babe is, oh is thanks fun. amen thanks i appreciate that um yeah i would definitely say one of our favorite things to do alongside each other in ministry or my favorite thing to see is to see josiah come alive he yeah. is a people person he's the extrovert of us and i think he brings out the part where I want to pull back, he pulls forward. So it's like this mm-hmm. ebb and flow of, like he said, strengths and weaknesses, but also just like opportunities that we have and we call out in each other. So I would say that is a fun dynamic. Um, always seeing like what God's going to do in and through how we think and create. He thinks very differently than I do. So even just like brainstorming sessions of like, okay, here's the vision of the the new ministry that we're stepping into. Now, how do we execute that? So even just hearing like the execution style is always fun to see the dynamics of that. So, but ultimately I would say to do ministry alongside your spouse is probably one of the best gifts um, that many, many people can't say. Many people sure. say, oh, it's a gift, but then it turns into a curse. And mm-hmm. our prayer is that, you know, we would be, we began our ministry strong in ministry and we want to finish ministry strong um, by the end of our life, whenever that day is. But 
just to know that we get to be on the winning team and on each other's team, I think is probably the most fulfilling things. And I will say like somebody asked me in, in uh, marriage one time, like, Mike, what's the best thing about like, being married? And I'm just like, that one of the best things about being married is like worshiping Jesus together on a Sunday, like standing by your spouse, knowing that their heart is you know, like towards yeah. the Lord, like they're elevating his name. They're not focused on anything else. And just like the beauty in that when two people truly love the Lord, when he's truly the center of your marriage, your ministry, your family, and granted, right. like there are moments, you know, you have to recalibrate and priorities yeah. need to shift and everything, yeah. but ultimately to realize and to recognize like, wow, I get to do ministry with my spouse. I don't have to do ministry with my spouse yeah. and to see each other as equal playing partners in this. Um, I don't know. I just feel loved and respected and empowered and I hope that he feels the same. So mm. I love that. I love watching you guys talk about each other. They're like <laughs> smiling so big. <laughs> oh, that's okay. so good. I think that, man, it's, it's my grandpa wrote this to my grandma hmm. on a card and they found it after they had both, both passed away. They were cleaning out. This is my dad's parents. And on like the day of their wedding or thereabouts, there was like this old school cursive and it's yeah. with you by my side, I feel like I can do anything. Who wrote wow. that, Joe? My grandpa Joe to my grandma Aww, Elizabeth. Cute. And um, yeah, I think that that's a model that I observed from afar. And he did some incre like incredible things. He ran the longest standing small business in Egan, Minnesota. Hmm. And Come on, he, Joe. Egan, yep, Joe Keneally, he named Silver Bell Road. <laughs> and so kind of where all of us live, yeah. he, he was kind of a pillar in the community. And cool. I think part of the reason for his success was who he chose as a spouse. So wow. I feel like, I feel that. Oh, well, great 10 minute answer by us. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a great question, Katie. Thank you for that. <laughs> but back to you, our guest. Question number four. If we were to find you and Brett hitting the road, maybe going to Turkey, That's right. maybe just hitting the road on a fun little day trip, what are we going to find in your backpack as a snack or one of your favorite meals? Nice. Okay. For sure, the beverage of choice is a Diet Coke. Okay. I know it's probably not good for me, but I'm addicted. Oh, that's it. Did you see those commercials? Anything can be done with a Diet Coke in hand, like your mama, or like old school commercials. They make me laugh. <laughs> oh, sure. So Diet Coke. Um, I don't know. I think popcorn. Popcorn on a road trip, especially. That's just like you can just keep going in on that, and that keeps you awake, and it doesn't fill you up super fast. So I don't know. I like the popcorn. There you go. If Brett were here, he'd say anything chocolate. He's a chalk. A holic, that's for sure. <laughs> but he has a lot of discipline, so he, I really am inspired by that. <laughs> I wow. love it. Yeah. So, I mean, Katie, one of the things about your role is you guys have the River Valley Network, and you you sit in a seat where you get to actually encourage a lot of young adult pastors mm -hmm. locally and global, you know, nationally across the country. Like many of them look to you um, for inspiration, models, methods. And encouragement. Right. And if you were speaking to a room filled with young adult pastors or maybe leaders, is there one thing on your heart today that you'd want to share with them? Yeah. Honestly, just to re remind them that they are exactly where they're supposed to be. And no matter where they're at on the spectrum of like <laughs> believing that that day, like if you know that you know, like, yep, feel called, amazing. Yeah, you are. And I'm going to continue to encourage you in that. But for that person that's 
whether or not there, you know, some people have left from the volunteer team or just feel like they just keep hitting wall after wall after wall, you know, they're trying to make headway, like do not allow that to take away your belief and your walk in your walk and your calling that God has given you because nothing could ever take that away. And so you are called, you are anointed. And with that knowledge, like run with everything you have to the feet of Jesus to be in his presence for you to be filled up so that your overflow is just a natural overflow of who of your time with the Lord. Cause then it's going to be the most authentic Holy spirit overflow and your ministry is going to benefit and flourish from that. That's great. I love it. And we agree with that. And what a great note to <laughs> close this conversation on is like yes. you're seen, you're known by God build with yep. him. Even if it's rebuilding, even if it's yep. discouraging, he's with mm -hmm. you, he's for you. And the way to rebuild best is to build with God. That's he has yeah. every answer that you need. So good. He does. He does. I love it. You him. know? <laughs> and Pastor Katie, we think the world of you, of Brett, of River Valley Young Adults, and um, just so glad to be able to spend time with you in the studio today. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was so fun. You guys are the best. <laughs> We had a blast. And if you're listening, tuning in, just check out the show notes. We'll send some helpful links. And if you want to find out more about Katie Rasmussen and River Valley Young Adults, that is where you can find more about them. So until next time, this is Josiah and Micah with Katie Rasmussen saying, see you later. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.